0: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
1: Today we're gonna discuss how brand interacts with the rest of your marketing and the rest of the world. Joining us is Emily Saccorsi and Justin Foster, who are the co-founders and the CEO and CRO of Root & River, which is an agency based on their belief that all great brands are spiritual experiences. Root & River works with high-conscious, mission-driven leaders who are committed to ethical businesses and marketing practices, and they facilitate mind-shifting, soul-stirring, and art-filled discovery brand process that becomes the bedrock from which all brands organically flow. Yesterday, Justin and Emily and I talked about humanistic marketing and brand activism. And today we're going to continue the conversation by talking about what they call intrinsic branding. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Emily Socorsi and Justin Foster, co founders of Root and River. Emily, Justin, welcome back to the Martech podcast.
3: Thank you so much for having us, Ben.
1: Thank you, Ben. Excited to have you guys back on the show. Yesterday, we talked about the spirituality of branding and about how it is important to Think about who the humans are that are in your organization, what they believe, and how that helps you figure out what your company is about. And then you have to go through the process of actually going and saying it. You guys have a description of your services that I think is really interesting, which is called intrinsic branding. Emily, talk to me about how you define what intrinsic branding is.
3: Intrinsic branding is really branding that works from the inside out. And what I mean by that is that it's the practice of expressing your brand through your mission, your beliefs, and your culture. Intrinsic branding sort of flies in the face of, I'll say established or traditional branding and marketing, where it's like, let's try to figure out what everybody wants us to say. So they'll like us. Instead, it's what is within us? Who are we at our core, at our root level? How do we articulate that? in a way that's differentiated and have those conversations then with each other and then in the market. So it is working from the interior out to the audience.
1: I believe in what you're saying. It's been my approach to branding is to try, and I talked about this yesterday, is try to understand who are the people in the organization and how do they want to express themselves outwardly. But there is some risk when you're talking about, okay, here's the people in the organization, here's how they want to describe themselves because people outside might not want to hear that. They might actually be interested in different products or services. So Justin, as the person in the organization that's primarily focused on driving revenue, the CRO, how do you think about matching, okay, this is what an organization says who they are, and this is what the market actually wants? So
2: another way to look at intrinsic branding kind of sets up the answer to this question, which is Intrinsic branding really is organizing your brand around your mission and then supporting it with a business model. So it's the exact opposite of how branding was done the last 70 years. So now you look at brands like Nike, as an example, Nike has organized their brand around their mission. They happen to sell shoes and apparel. So they would do something where people would say, well, why did they do the Kaepernick thing? Or why did they get behind Black Lives Matter? And a lot of people were like, well, that they're alienating some of their audience. They don't care that's the power of it. They don't care. Southwest is the same way. Southwest is not as social justice oriented, but they are oriented around this mission that work is supposed to be fun. Flying is supposed to be fun. So when you know who you are, you then can begin to hone in on a couple of things. First of all is understand your standards. Standards are how we do things around here. I like to use Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seahawks as an example, three standards with his teams, which is Be early, don't complain, and always protect the team. Those are examples of standards. And elite organizations like sports teams and surgical units and the Navy SEALs, they run on standards. Very few brands sit down and go, how are we going to treat each other? If you do that, that starts to embolden confidence, which goes to the second thing is you have to know your audience. And your audience is not a demographic. Your audience is who's looking for you, not who you're looking for. It's the exact opposite. It's who is looking for you. And that is primarily a psychographic profile where you... And this is something we do in a root session with our clients is we don't do any of the personas or any of that avatars. We think most of that's dehumanizing and kind of bullshit to begin with. What we use is archetyping, which is a kind of an extension of Jungian psychology to understand the psychographic profile of who your audience is. And if you know who you are and you know who your audience is at their core... You can be as honest and blunt and truthful. And what will happen is it's similar to when Dick Sporting Goods stopped selling firearms. They saw an initial dip in protest and the sort of the right-wing version of cancel culture. And then their business started to come back. And they decided that that was important to them in the way that they were going to show up in the world because of some guiding principles or standards inside of the organization. And there's many other examples. There's a reason chick fil A's closed on Sundays and you can go on and on from there.
1: I think it's interesting that, and I agree with you, personas on some level can be overdone. And, you know, the difference between a persona and an archetype, like I could say, okay, well, the MarTech podcast personas are digital marketers that are mid-level to executive careers, and they listen to the podcast because they're looking for tools, tips, and tricks and professional development. In reality, they're podcast listeners that are trying to learn something new to improve their career. And I think most of them are marketers, but I can't be hundred percent sure. There is a central thesis of why somebody would listen to this show or buy a different product, or, you know, there's a question that they're trying to answer or a product or a problem that they're trying to solve, and they look to your products or solutions to do that. Now, Emily, how do you think about the application of this intrinsic branding, right? This reflection of the internal company's self externally if you're not going to be creating personas you still have to do some level of targeting to be a marketing operator so where does the rubber meet the road when it comes to this is who i am and how i'm broadcasting my beautiful self out into the world to hey i gotta target somebody on facebook and i gotta start somewhere if i'm selling you know e-commerce product or if i'm in b2b i have to go to a trade show how do i figure out which one it's gonna be Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. How do you make the marketing tactics jive with the intrinsic branding?
3: So we talked a little bit about category and you also mentioned earlier foundation. I mean, when you know the foundation and part of that is category, which is really not just about positioning, but about the conversation you want to start and have in the market. And so when we develop, we help our clients uncover and develop their category. It is the space that they are creating. And it's also part of saying, Hey, I'm going to show up at this conference and here's what I'm going to be talking about this big idea. For example, our big idea is intrinsic branding. That's our category. It's something that we share about, we write about, we do webinars around, we invite people to get curious about, and we put out inquiry all the time around that. So the way to take all the foundational stuff is to start having meaningful conversations. And that's where you get into tactics and all of this brand strategy and foundation doesn't mean anything unless you can operationalize in the world. So this is where we start to go, okay... Where do you engage currently? And what gives you energy? Again, we're always trying to tie it back to that humanistic approach. So market into others as you would have the market unto you. Where do you find a lot of energy? Let's focus on that platform and let's figure out how we can best have that conversation. How can we create visuals and bring the language into the visuals that tell that story? or that tell the story of how you got to that root belief, that brand narrative, how you arrived there, or what waylaid you along the way. And so we really believe that developing the depth of conversation, and this is the hard part, you know, you said a lot of it, this seems simple. It's simple in theory, but it's extremely difficult and vulnerable to go out and speak this way and to put these ideas out there. So that takes practice. So it's about identifying those two or three places and platforms you want to be that you enjoy layering in that language, and then having the courage to have that conversation again and again, engage people in meaningful discussions.
1: Justin, when you think about the business results of marketing and how the foundation of your marketing department is built around this brand and the messaging stack and the positioning that you're talking about, how do you think about evaluating the value of a brand? There are lots of companies that are already out there that didn't put in a lot of foundational work when they started a company. They were successful and maybe they're doubling back now and starting to think about it, but not everybody sits down and first things when they're launching says, I need to articulate my brand. They're thinking, I got to run my performance marketing ads and get some traffic and get some butts in seats and get some revenue. How do you evaluate the value of a brand?
2: A couple of things around that. Like you can look at these as the metrics or KPIs that we encourage our clients to look at. And philosophically, you want word of mouth to be at the center of the engine. Even if you're doing tens of thousands of dollars in Facebook ads, yeah, you're getting them into a funnel and everything, but you're ultimately trying to create a tribe of believers, people that are going to talk about you and come back. So one of the metrics we like to look at as it relates to whether or not the brand is working or the ROI or the value of the brand is a number like cost per client acquisition if that number's low and your revenue is high and you're not spending a shit ton of money on marketing we look at that as a good thing that's a good that's a good thing we sometimes hear especially small business owners like everything i do is just word of mouth based it's only referral based and we're like that's awesome that's the sign of health actually a second one is lead quality it's an overlooked metric And especially in that churn and burn like e-commerce or something, there's an overlooked metric of understanding the lead quality of someone that pings your site or fills out a contact form. And there's different ways to capture what their lead quality is. But in my backgrounds in sales before being a brand strategist and lead quality was something I was obsessive about as the VP of sales for a couple of different software companies. The third valuation of brand is actually more internal and it's really around talent, attraction and retention. This is often not seen as a branding metric, but we 100% say it is because your culture becomes the brand. And if you have a naturally occurring funnel or pipeline of new talent into your organization or you're attracting strategic partners, if that's healthy, I pretty much guarantee your customer base will be healthy as well because there's something in the culture that comes across in the customer experience. Now, people think that if you have the right culture and you have the right product and stuff, you don't have to market. And we hear this term a lot, which is we're the best kept secret. Well, that just means you suck at marketing. You still have to do the work. You still have to go out and chop wood and carry water with your marketing. It's about what Emily said. It's about being strategic and selective around the things that are going to drive the results that you're looking for. And we would say that the brand and the business model inform each other. It's not one superior to the other. They inform each other in that process. And then that's what produces the overall valuation of the brand or the ROI of the investment in branding.
1: It's one of the ways that you can tell the difference between a new marketer and somebody with experience is that they don't confuse marketing with just advertising. Right. Marketing is an understanding of your customer. It is the development of your brand. It is the outreach strategies, whether that be performance marketing, whether that be through content, all the other ways that you can reach out and build a relationship with your customers. And as you mentioned before, you know, companies are about and brand is about building an understanding of who you are as an organization. And at the end of the day, it's all about building relationships with the people that are your customers, B2B, B2C, doesn't matter whether you're selling something, you know, through a Shopify store or on Amazon, that customer still need to understand what you're about and you're building a relationship with them and B2B model, you know, more of a direct sales model as well. Obviously, there's a personal touch being developed there. One of the biggest challenges that I think marketers face is understanding not only how to develop a brand, but how to weave the brand through the other marketing activities. Often it feels like, hey, I went through when I created a brand and this is what we stand for. And then I got to do the best practices that are in my performance marketing channel. And I don't know exactly how to weave those two together. Guys, help me understand how to solve that problem. You know, what are the resources that you have or suggestions that you have for marketers who are trying to understand how to better integrate their brand and their marketing tactics?
3: Yeah, it can feel like you're trying to wrangle an elephant into, I don't know, a dog crate. I've got a huge puppy right down the hall. (laughs) and That's where he spends a lot of his time right now. But anyway. It can feel like a lot, it can feel really overwhelming to try to get a simple idea consistently conveyed in all your channels and it can be kind of repetitive. So I think it's something that, that's where collaboration comes in with your team or if you don't have a team, it's having a sounding board, having a group of people that can help you take those foundational elements of the brand and express them in different channels. And we think we're big fans of engaging and not just outside of a marketing team. Engaging the director of sales, engaging your leadership team with how they want to have that conversation in the market and how they see the brand language applying to what they do every day. I mean, that's a question that we ask a lot of times when we're working with leadership teams. It's like, we've uncovered this brand language. How does that apply to you? Because there is this, just this natural distancing or this disparateness that pops up. And I think having a variety of ideas and perspectives on how you do that will help you do it more organically. And we also offer some support for marketers in that process and remaining curious, but also honoring who you are as a person, because marketing can be just so overwhelming. So
1: if somebody's looking for support, help us out. Where should they go? Yeah, com is
2: kind of the landing point for all this stuff, Ben. We also recommend if you're an entrepreneur or you're the head of marketing and you've got a CEO that's a little old school, we highly recommend our book, Rooting Up, because it is around these 44 essays on modern branding. And it's written in a non-shaming way to try to enlighten older leaders about the changes in the world.
1: Short words, your CEO will get it. (laughs) Short words and short paragraphs.
2: And then we would recommend that your listeners sign up for our newsletter, which they can do at rootandriver.com. We have really great content. We do very much believe in sharing with the world ideas that stir thinking and inspire them to go inward. So those are some of the additional resources that we have.
1: Well, Justin, Emily, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you talking about the humanistic approach to marketing. It is something I absolutely believe in. We are all humans on this earth. And whether we're collections in an organization or whether you're running a business by yourself, the business that you're running is a reflection of you on some level. And I appreciate that approach. And uh, thank you for coming on and being my guest.
3: Thank you for having us, Ben.
1: Thanks, Ben. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Emily Sikorsi and Justin Foster, the co founders of Root and River. If you'd like to get in touch with Emily and Justin, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Emily's handle is Emily at Large, and Justin's handle is Foster Thinking. Or you could visit their company's website, which is rootandriver.com. R O O T A N D R I V E R.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day this year. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.